Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host, Callahan. CEDH is full of people telling you what are and are not the best decks in the format. And on today's episode, Cameron from Play to Win joins me, and we become part of those ranks as we give our thoughts on the 10 most overrated CEDH decks in the format. Cam and I got to connect uh, really for the first time at Oktoberfest earlier this year, and we immediately wanted to do this episode together, and we honestly had such a blast recording it, so I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. But before we get into the episode, let's take a moment and talk about today's sponsor, Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield sleeves are the only sleeves that I trust on my cards, and I've been using them for nearly seven years. Their petrol matte sleeves are my sleeves of choice, and if you use our Dragon Shield affiliate link to get your sleeves, you will be supporting the channel. So go ahead, go into the description of this episode, click on our Dragon Shield affiliate link to get your sleeves today. With all that said, let's get into this episode with Cam. Fucking blue farm deck, right? Uh, it's the worst deck in the format. I mean, it's just completely propped up, right? Like, uh, I well, mean... <laughs> I don't know. I am a huge Thassa's Oracle apologist. So... Oh, well, yeah, you could you could do that. Know. But I mean, any deck with blue and blue and black can do that, though, right? Cam? Oh, that's I mean, true. Like, any... that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And just adding the extra colors, it's like if if you if you don't overkill. know what else you want to do. I feel like that's the, the classic thing is I'm going into the tournament and I don't know what to play. I'm just going to play Blue Farm because I don't have a creative idea to come at this with. I'm just playing Blue Farm. Yeah, I'm just playing Blue Farm. It's just like, I'll just play. I love Blue Farm, though. <laughs> I love Brian Koval's list a lot. Um, his, list was, oh, his list was really cool. I, I really did like that list. I too. saw his list and I was like, cool. This is like exactly what I would be playing if I was playing Blue Farm. And was he on Drenith Magistrate? Uh, hold on. I had his I, list pulled up. Someone um, recently was. Yeah, he's on Dranath. He's not on Gilded yeah. Drake, which I think is a choice. But oh, um, hmm. forgot about that one. There's like okay, so there's this like subsection of the like legacy grinder community that's also like part of that like cabal community or whatever that's just mm-hmm. like completely off uh, Gilded Drake which I think is, like, bizarre. But I guess, like, if you're in a... Tr- like, it, I think it's more bizarre in Brian's deck because Brian's is, like, you know, a mid-range control strategy. Yeah. And so it's, like, like, Rogsai, sure. Okay, I get it. You don't want to play Gilded Drake, sure. 
Okay. Yeah. It's it's not enough. good interaction in something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, I don't know. It feels pretty good in Tim Necrom, but I, I, I know, always really liked it in Tim Necrom. I mean, yes, you do give them a blocker, but like your crown can still go right through that blocker. No problem. So I'm a big fan of that. Talking a lot about magic right now. We are talking a lot about magic. You know what, Cal, if I'm being honest. I talk a lot about magic. Is there anything? Is there any yeah. way we could talk about something else besides magic? Well, I was watching It's Always Sunny this morning. Um, I freaking love It's Always Sunny. <laughs> I have that show as my theme. number one. I I I love. So okay, my hot take. Okay, uh, so, okay. I love so, context. so first, well, before I get into that, welcome everybody. This is uh, the inaugural episode of a very definitely a reoccurring show that we are going to mm-hmm. do when Cam and I can, uh, called uh, uh, I don't know, Camming, Cal and Cam talk about not magic for an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> it's just. So some context for people is uh, we were at uh, Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know you and I have interacted a whole lot outside of Twitter uh, before that. Mm-hmm. And you and I were just like bouncing off of each other and Dylan was not having it. <laughs> oh my God. It was great. It was great. Cause like you get to know, you get to know these people that like you've, you know, interacted with online right. a bunch but like it's a totally different vibe once you get to like actually meet them in person and i think that's exactly what happened to oh us, i know is that we just met we immediately had this clicking connection and it just couldn't be stopped by any forces within the universe <laughs> it's uh the, somebody i think it was morgan uh spleen face who uh mm-hmm described ian and i being in the same room as like those talking toms but you put two of them next to each other and he's like that's what those two in the same room is like i feel like you and i are like that to an extent i feel like yeah same way same way we'll just keep bouncing off of each other and it's gonna be perfect oh my gosh oh my god yeah so fucking sitcoms right we we oh love sitcoms so uh, the other reason why I'm glad that we're doing this is because you're the one that got me motivated to actually try to figure out what my top 10 sitcoms are too. Yeah. Now I think it's, I think it's important that when mm-hmm. we discuss this, um, we aren't just talking, uh, we, we, we like define what a sitcom is because I, it, uh, it was interesting when I put mm-hmm. the, uh, the Twitter like thread in there, people were like, well, why are you leaving like psych out or whatever? And I'm like, because psych's yeah. not a sitcom. Um, so let, let me pull up the definition of a sitcom. Uh, let's see here as defined. It is a portmanteau of a situation comedy or sh- situational comedy. And it is a genre of comedy centered on a fixed set of characters who mostly carry over from episode to episode. Um, it is generally, uh, associated with, uh, studio audiences and laugh tracks, but the most defining feature of sitcoms is that they are 30 minutes. Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) 
that is, as we go through this, uh, a very important thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So your favorite hour, uh, you know, comedies, while they might be very funny, um, you know, might not be quite uh, a sitcom. So, uh, so without further ado, let's let's go through this list and let's start off at number ten. Uh, with our watch mojo number 10. Uh, nice. <laughs> coming in at number 10. I wish I could do their yeah. voice. So, okay. Well, so I, I would like to, I would like to preface a couple of things. Okay. First because preface a couple of things. Because I do, I really do appreciate that, um, that definition of a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a couple other things that should be stated. Um, sitcoms don't have to be live action. There are animated sitcoms yes. that are out there as well. The Simpsons um, being the really longest important. running one. That is also very true of all time. Yes. Um, I do have one uh, one cheat show on here okay. because it is technically sketch comedy. Okay. But my, my argument for sketch comedy is that technically each sketch is its own situation. So it's still situational comedy. And if it's the same actor that passes through okay. every single sketch it could it could be the same guy who's to say it's not the same guy probably by the different names that the character has in every single scene um (laughs) but outside of that outside of that i do have one cheat show on here but it's too good for me to not count okay so okay that's fair uh, that's fair okay so number 10 what is your your number 10 so my number 10 is actually a recent show okay that i put on here because i have started I find myself rewatching it pretty frequently already. And I just finished it earlier this year. My number 10 is Superstore. That show is so good. It is so good. But I always uh, forget about it. <laughs> like I feel that. I feel that. I feel like it's a it's very slept on. So for those of you that don't know, this is a, a show that takes place inside of a Cloud Nine, uh, which is a mock target or a Walmart, basically. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a workplace comedy. Uh, it's created by uh, one of the writers from The Office, Justin Somebody. Oh my god! It was the guy who created the American Office. I, I don't remember uh, his name. I if I have oh no, that was correctly. Greg Daniels. But Greg Daniels might have assisted. But the credited creator is um, Justin uh something okay on, let me look in, justin spitzer that there it that's is his name i i kept thinking justin roiland and i knew that was yeah, wrong that's rick and that morty was the justin going, <laughs> yep that was the justin going through my head yeah that that is one of the good the like really good show i haven't finished superstore uh i think it's definitely worth finishing yeah i think i kind of drifted off when america ferrera left the left the cast I think uh, that makes sense. That is pretty close to the end. So I would yeah. argue it's definitely worth going back and finishing. Um, and there are still some strong episodes, even without the talented America Ferreira as well. Yeah. Um, but she's not gone forever. So she she does come back. Right. Um, and so at least it's not like, a, you know, some other sitcoms that might or might not be on a list that had characters leave that you really miss. So. Right. Yeah, it, it was it. It's a very good show. Casty and I watched uh, a lot of that for a period of time. And then I think we got caught up to where it was in the seasons. And then we oh, like yeah. lost track of it. Um, That's fair, too. That's so fair too. Uh, my number 10 is something that I actually 
it is a recent show that I just started watching and like sort of watched like periodically when it was on uh, back in the day, but it's actually Modern Family. Uh, oh, that's I, a I think great one. The, the show, a lot of people like to joke on Modern Family about how it like went on forever. Um, but it's been kind of fun to watch the show. Like, I think we're on like season six or seven now. I and, think so. Yeah, it might even be more than that. Uh, there were nine seasons of it or no, excuse me, 11 oh, seasons. You guys yeah. are on. Yeah. So yeah. we're watching through it right now and we're on like season six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. I love the family dynamic. I love the characters. I love the way that a lot of the characters are written. Um, yes. Like, it's just like one of the shows that I think it, like it, it's also funny because I think. I think this is a show that earlier in my 20s, I wouldn't have appreciated as much because uh, mm. now that I'm like married, I get a lot more of the humor, if that makes sense. It's like yeah. a lot more of the humor vibes. Because you're just like, oh, this is a situation Cassidy and I find ourselves in. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. it's fun, like funny from that angle. Uh, no, I definitely agree. There is the cast is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and the all of the children who have who are in that show have like yes. all gone on and done like a bunch of other great stuff now, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but no, I, I actually started watching that one as it came out. OK. Um, because we were we were also watching like The Office as it came out too, yeah. and then knowing that there was like another, I guess Parks and Rec was the first other like interview type show, but this was yeah. like one of the first the first interview documentary style sitcoms that didn't really address that the cameras were there as frequently as some of the other shows had done. Yeah, I it, it's funny because it like it's clear they're filming a documentary. But it's Mm -hmm. also sort of not clear because like the way like the one thing I appreciate about The Office, I'm going to spoil something. The Office is not on my top 10. I do don't. Well, I'm glad that we're talking about this. Um, Yeah. uh, But one of the things I do appreciate about The Office is the fact that they reference the fact that there is a like crew filming them. Like, I think that's like one of the most endearing parts of that um is like jim staring at the camera when something dumb is going on is like really fun it breaks the fourth wall and because of the format it feels really good and that is probably the biggest critique i have of modern family is they don't do that as much but they also do the sit down interviews like in the living rooms and it's like i think that kind of clashes a little bit but i think overall like it was a very groundbreaking show especially when it came out like the way that it just portrayed two gay characters as just, you know, they're just people they're just, doing was, their thing. It, it was as much of a family as everyone else's family. And yeah. it was at a time where there was not as much of that in TV. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree. Definitely groundbreaking. I mean, I think it did a really good job of, you know, trying to capture a, a wide swath of things yeah. too. Um, oh. I think Jay and Gloria's relationship is a great Ed O'Neill is, a great is example my favorite too. character on that show. Jay oh, is my favorite he is, character. He's so good. He's, he's so funny. Oh yeah. All right. I want to move. Let's let's yeah. talk about my number nine. Number here. nine. Now my number my number nine. I have fallen off of a little bit more recently, but okay. I am rewatching it, and it's reminding me why it's my number nine. This is Archer. How oh, yeah. wrong with Archer? 
everything, th- what catches me about this show, and the first thing that really got me, first, it's the weird animation style, right? Like, you yes. look at it and you go, like, this is really weirdly realistic. And as the show goes on, it only gets more and more creepily realistic and like how good the animators are yeah slug um but what i love so much is listening to the words that connect each scene together (laughs) and trying to like figure out what the like what is my what's the punishment gonna be for this and then it cuts to mallory going swift and severe the punishment will be swift and severe in a completely different context (laughs) that's totally separate from what was just happening there's I I didn't get into a lot of the other the coma sequences that yeah. had come out for like seasons eight and nine and I think ten even two. So I had kind of fallen off it a little bit, but my my goal through this watch through is to get through everything because seasons yeah. one through seven are absolutely amazing. I don't care what you have to say about season five. The whole, you know, cocaine dealing thing that they did was also hysterical and right Oh, I was about so. to say that Archer Vice is the pinnacle of the show. Like <laughs> it's so great. It is like my favorite every, season of that show. They really started to nail like that that cast at that yes. point then too. Like the the episode where like they're all in the elevator, they're all stuck in that elevator. Like that is that is the pinnacle of every single one of those characters. I can't even remember I, what the last season of that show is that I watched. Is like my biggest issue. It was after Vice. Like I think yeah. it was like 8 or 9. Season um, six was really strong again because um, yeah. they kind of went back to the similar format for the first four seasons. Right. Season seven is when the Figus Agency was going on. That's right. Um, and they had a season long story for that one. But that one was still pretty entertaining. Um, and then once uh, once they were like they were all like new characters in season eight, I had a really hard time following. And I found myself playing Magic Arena while the show was on, and I couldn't follow everything <laughs> then. And it just kind of fell off at that point. So I I, I'm seeing a I'm seeing a connection here. Yeah. Uh. So like, so like, I still have it up so high because like, there is ma- a humongous chunk of the show is still incredible and super witty, super funny. Um, and I I did the the coma sequences definitely a disservice. So. I'm very excited to go back and and check those out. This will be fun for when we go and do our favorite dramas, because Mm -hmm. then we can sit and have a conversation about does the last season of Game of Thrones make it a bad show? And uh, that is a that is a conversation. (laughs) That is a conversation because I have other thoughts about that, that we could spend a whole podcast just on Game of Thrones. (laughs) So my number nine is a show that uh is also animated uh that people will probably make fun of me for but it is family guy and, first of uh, all i'm sorry to interrupt but there are no wrong answers for anyone's top 10 sitcoms i, I would no wrong answers that. nobody should make fun of you for having any shows on your list that's fair and like what you like mm-hmm. unless unless it's it, with some caveats in there uh yeah, a couple, but, a couple of things but yeah for the most it's part, like family guy is not one of those yeah, family guy is like <laughs> one of my favorite shows it like uh really it was very like influential because like i i like everybody who's my age watched family guy in their teenage years and it was a huge deal in the mid mid aughts right and so like major like that was just like a huge time for me like growing up and so i just remember those things but 
part of why I think that it's so good is that it has some of the like best individual episodes of any TV show, and it's not even close. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Um, like a Christmas special I watch every single year is the Road to the North Pole Christmas special. Because it's oh, just so. I remember it, this one. Yes, the the songs are great. The story mm-hmm. is fun. Like the entire thing is. It, it's so funny. It's my favorite Christmas special. And uh, something that I don't think people a lot, like really know about it is it was like an Emmy nominated Christmas special. And so I it's like that. that's great. Yeah, like the songs in it were nominated for Emmys because they were that good. Uh, <laughs> Holy cow. But that's also like one of my favorite things about Family Guy is it has like this background in Seth MacFarlane, who's like a musical theater nerd and all Have of you. These I'm sorry to interrupt. And, Have you heard his jazz album? Oh, yes. I've it's listened to beautiful. all of his jazz albums. It They're is so good. Abs- oh, right. I'm. Uh, I- that's true. I, I've only listened to one. I guess that shows from what I just said. His Christmas it's, album beautiful. is so good. Um, he sings some really good Christmas standards and then mm-hmm. some of the like more obscure ones on it. But I highly recommend his Christmas album. Yeah, uh, it's, it's that time, at least from when we're recording this. It's yes, definitely that time. It is. So I will definitely be checking that out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I am a big fan of uh, Family Guy. It's like always a soft spot in my heart. I love the musical numbers. I love I, I know everybody jokes about the cutaways. I love the cutaways. I love the I think cutaways. they're so totally fucking agree. funny. They're great. Like it, it's just like, do you, do you remember uh, Seth MacFarlane's cavalcade of cartoon comedy that was on YouTube? Arguably one of my favorite things that he did. Oh, it's so good. Like so good, and it, it, it's all just cutaways. Sketches. It's every single one of those sketches is incredible. <laughs> if you incredible. have not watched it, go watch it because it's very, uh, very yeah. good. Um, okay, so number eight. What is your eighth favorite? Oh, uh, good question. Uh, my number eight is the only one of my top ten that I won a trivia night for. Okay, um, and I won a bunch of juice because my number eight is Arrested Development. Okay. Okay. I adore this show. Okay. This is one of the most. This it's a very fast paced episode show. Yes. Um, that originally did not do well because it was way ahead of its time. Well, I like, mean, it, how it, much could it? How much could it take, Michael? Three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, there's so many quotable lines from that show. It's incredibly smart. Um, and the, yeah, definitely way ahead of its time came out during an area era where you were still watching shows on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um, but it once it, the show hit Netflix, it was incredibly binge bingeable and years after it was canceled, it got a massive cult following, yeah. um, which was huge. Uh, this show also has a special place in my heart because, uh, I used to work at a hotel, um, and I checked Jeffrey Tambor into his hotel room. Oh, okay. Time, and that was super sweet. Um, but the seasons four and seasons five are definitely much weaker than the original yeah. three seasons. Um, I still thought they were uh, funny. I did too. They kind of go off the deep end a little bit, but they definitely do. But I, I really appreciate the remake of season four that they did. Yeah. Which now just feels like half of the episodes is just Ron Howard explaining what went on in previous episodes. To right. Make sure you don't fall behind and like, the other half is just the new content that right. you're getting, but like it, it definitely makes it a lot more easier to digest. And season five 
you don't hear talked about a lot, but there is that there's some great, great stuff that happens in there too. So yeah. Um, yeah. Arrested development gotta be in my top 10. Okay. So my number eight is, uh, God, I'm just picking like all of the like generic shows that people love to hate on. Um, <laughs> my, my number eight is the big bang theory. Uh, is it really, I love that show. I love, okay. I, so full disclosure, I love mm-hmm. classics, classic sitcoms. Like, right. Um, yeah. like it is very much a old school laugh mm-hmm. track style sitcom. And I'm very here for it. I think they're love. I think they're delightful. They're not for everybody, but they're definitely for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and part of what I like about the Big Bang Theory is one, I think it was like I, people like to be like, oh, well, it's just like them making fun of nerds. And I'm like, they definitely grow those characters a lot. Like the characters don't remain as like stereotypes for very long. All of them grow substantially from season one all the way to like, I think it would ran like 11 seasons to like the very long end. time. Yeah. And also one of the best things about that show is it has one of the best endings ever of any TV show. Like it really? has a very, like the finale of the show is mm. so it like, it wraps up all the storylines. It ra- like, it has a really good arc. Everybody's completed a very good arc. Um, Everything feels like very good and final. And it's I'm getting, literally getting goosebumps thinking about it, actually. Uh, it's, it's, that's such a good feeling to have about a show, though. Like, that's exactly yeah. what they want to do is, you know, make you feel exactly how you're feeling, where you go back, you think about it. And like, it still has this connection to you. Yeah, like, that's they hit the, like, the nail right on the head. Like, I that. highly recommend it. Like, it, it's one of the things mm. of like once uh, like Penny and Leonard get married, like they start like. They have their own interactions and like they, like mm. they become more than just the stereotypes they were at the beginning. And that's one of the things even my wife, when we because I would watch through it uh, when we got HBO Max last year uh, and last year being like 2021, I think at this point. But when I watched through it, she was just like towards the once we got to the later season, she's like, these characters have really grown and they <laughs> really grow on you. And uh, it, it's just that's probably one of my favorite parts about it. I think the writing is a little cheesy, but mm-hmm. I, I I like it. I like the characters. That's I think classic they're fun. Sitcoms. Yeah, and that's classic sitcoms. Yeah, that's it's, right up your alley. And I love I love cheesy bullshit. And it's just it's a good time. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I mean, it it wasn't the like longest running sitcom like on television for or it wasn't it didn't run as long as it did and get the ratings it got for as long as it did for no reason. Right. Like, no, that's the exact thing that I was thinking too. I think, I think what happens with a lot of people, specifically people on the internet mm -hmm. will, you know, see themselves in some of these characters and not necessarily always jive with, with some of the stuff that goes on with some of them. Cause I, I understand like, I, I fear Sheldon is not necessarily the best person. Um, so I, I also know that I was the guy at the party once who, uh, was being explained to by someone else that like they love the show because they know someone else that's like these characters. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, oh, that's me too. Like you and I can't relate. But like it's it is nice to see um a 
more positivity towards that show because i think you're absolutely right like it it wasn't on for 11 seasons for no reason um you know if it was bad somebody would have it would have got like cbs has had like so many like so many trash shows yeah like that don't last very long like if it Mm -hmm. wasn't getting them ratings they wouldn't be like you know and ratings don't necessarily equate quality but like no a lot of people do like it um, yeah. and I just like, and again, you're like, there's, there's no wrong answers yeah. on this list. So, you know, there's there, that means that, you know, no, if nobody's wrong for liking the show, there's definitely a reason why it was on for 11 seasons. Um, so it, it definitely did its job. And it's a good time, but okay. Number seven, what is your right, number, seven, number seven? Friend? Number seven is another animated sitcom. Okay. Um, and now the show that Courtney and I fall asleep to almost every okay. night. This is this is Bob's Burgers. This okay. Is such a good show. Everybody um, tells me it's so good. And have I. Have you not seen this? So I have watched the two ish seasons of it. Um, okay. And it was just like, the it just never landed for me. It was just, uh, it's, see, the humor is like probably just way too dry, I think. It's very dry. It's very juvenile. Yeah. Um, especially, especially Gene. But that's part of the reason why I love it, mm-hmm. um, especially seasons one through five, like seasons one and two are almost like a completely different TV show yeah. from the rest of Bob's Burgers. Season three, like they they hit their stride. It's obvious that the animation budget increased for season yeah. three. Um, you know, I, I think that's when they get the new theme song. I'm pretty sure that it's or not the new. Yeah, the whole new like intro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure starts in season three. Um and, you know, really the characters start to grow from there. And then post for season six, I think it was, is when they realized that uh, there were a lot of middle school age children that were watching the show. Mm-hmm. And it now like season six through season 13, I think they're on now. Yeah. It's a, again, like a completely different show. Um, the characters are still the same. Louise is a little bit different, I would argue. Um, she's a lot less chaotic. Yes, in much of the later seasons and much more forgiving and arguably human in the later seasons, which I understand why they did that. Yeah. Um, That's like super responsible, like, right to notice your your fan base and then like adjust to it. Hundred percent, hundred percent, especially when it was not what you were expecting to go for. Right. Um, The recent movie was great and uh, the cast is absolutely phenomenal. These I have two H. John, H. John Benjamin, Benjamin is so even, funny, right? I have two shows in my top eight that star him. Um, and I went from Archer to Bob's Burgers, which is always a very weird cross section, right? <laughs> yeah, I um, but the last oh, go ahead. Sorry, oh, I was just the last thing I wanted to say about Bob's is that I am a humongous pun appreciator too, yeah, and the amount of the, the joke burgers, the different store names, and different. Um, exterminator names that they come up with for every single episode starting from season three onward like i have a super huge appreciation for that yeah i remember when it came out and i just like i tried it because like it was it came out like jesus like in 2011 which was right in the prime of my you know adoration of family guy and i like tried Mm -hmm. it and i don't know i i you are giving me a reason to try it again uh because it sounds like everybody I know says it's like really good. Oh yeah. So, um, it's it's oh, there's musical numbers as well. I mean, oh okay. The, well, I'm in. 
Uh, <laughs> the musical number, right? <laughs> the musical numbers start to come in in like you know much later seasons, right. and they're lightly peppered in. And the ones that they pepper in are phenomenal. Like, yeah, there's some great stuff. There's a couple songs that I have downloaded on my phone, and I will belt them out when I am in the car alone or with Courtney. Um, I understand. Space specifically is phenomenal from season nine, episode one. Um, I thought it was just lyrical geniusness. I will say. Okay. Okay. I won't spoil it for you. I'm going to make you watch nine okay. seasons so that you can get it. It, it. I looked at Bob. I looked up Bob's Burger. It. Wow, Bob's Burgers. And it's 13 seasons and it's still running. And oh, that's yeah. like, it's yeah, currently on its 13th season. That is yeah. wild to me that it's been on that. Oh, long. yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. The movie came out earlier this year. It, yeah. And it was a very successful yeah. movie, too. Like, it, it did was. very well. It connected the show great. You got to see snippets of um, characters you never thought you would, like Bob's mom. Bob's mom doesn't come up in the show like barely ever. Right. So it's cool to like get to learn a, a bunch of other stuff. Plus then for season 13, they also updated the intro to include incidents that happened in the, the movie. Oh, that's so, so definitely fun. recommend, right? So definitely recommend if you're doing the watch through the correct way to go is watch seasons one through 12, watch the, the movie. movie start okay. season 13. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my number seven is also an anime. I'm like, we're like so far, like, right on the same wavelength just like slightly we're different just shows. bouncing yeah, off yeah, yeah. of each other it's just like Oktoberfest <laughs> all over again <laughs> so my number seven is rick and morty oh, um, okay I, okay yeah i love rick and morty i hate the fan base <laughs> but um i i incredibly appreciate what you're saying because i, I think i totally agree it, it is a very clever show it's not as clever as people like to say it is. Sometimes it is just incredibly dumb and it knows it's being incredibly dumb. And people will be like, oh, well, it's actually this meta commentary on this. And Dan Harmon will just be like, no, it's not like <laughs> like I think if Dan Harmon wasn't who he is, I would hate the show. But uh, because Dan Harmon is just a delightful person. I mm. love the show. I love the writing. All of the characters are like, like I I like seeing the growth of all of the characters, especially into like the where they're at now. Where like Jerry mm. is like a completely different character, and where they started off from, or he just like in a recent season ends up beating some guy up because he's more confident now, and it's just oh. like. Like they have the cyclical storytelling that Dan Harmon's really known for, but he still has the character development in there. Mm -hmm. And I know like a lot of people really didn't like the way that it had like the canonical uh, like stuff that they went through. But honestly, like I think it is a show that definitely is funny. It's very smart. It's very witty and uh, also just is while it's being smart, it's also being completely absurd and stupid and like mm -hmm. like i think that's part of why like justin roiland balances dan Harmon, i think really well because you have dan Harmon who like has all of these like really big thoughts and wants to explore all this stuff and then you have uh justin roiland's like hi uh it's just like oh jeez, i'm lemonhead oh this is my one oh my voice God. that i make for everybody that isn't rick <laughs> that is so true that is so true 
Um, I will completely agree with you here, though, because I, I watched seasons one through three and I was pretty religious about watching yes. them. I repeated them quite a bit. Yep. Um, but I, I've been known to stay away from things because of the fan base before. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what made me not go back to season four after that. Yeah. Um, I, it was some of the some of the the overuse of pickle Rick and getting really excited about that. And um, the Szechuan sauce thing. Yeah, was not I. I yeah, it was just another case for me. Um, that being said, what I did watch of seasons one through three was absolutely hysterical. The most the recent pilot, season is fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. Like Maybe I have to go there, back. there okay. is an episode where, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it, I, like, I don't think it really matters, but mm-hmm. like at some point throughout four through, I think four through six, because they're on season seven now, it's either six or seven, something like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. at some point in there, Rick made a clone of Beth and they don't know which one's like the real one. Yes. I remember. Yes. This. Yes. And, but she comes back and she's like a reoccurring character in the show now. And that's so funny. Like in one of the episodes is them falling in love and trying to hide it from the family, but everybody but Jerry figures it out and it's just everybody being (laughs) horrified and coping with it. Oh my god. And it's so funny. funny. It's it's so funny. Um oh yeah. I'm a big sucker for improvisation as well. Yeah. So the the nature of their show and the nature of the intergalactic uh cable. Oh, those episodes are so good. So good. And I definitely was sad to see it not happen in season three. Yeah. Um, And maybe that warped what I thought about that, that memory episode. But it was definitely not as strong as, you know, what any any possibility of another. I think cable could have. I think them moving away from intergalactic cable was probably. I don't know this for certain. But I would venture to guess it has something to do with Dan Harmon's experience on Community, where I every, would not be surprised by that. Every season they were like, OK, where's our paintball episode? And it mm-hmm. was just like kind of got old after a certain point. Uh, but that being said, Rick and Morty is fantastic. And uh, spoiler alert, this will not be the last time you hear me talk about a Dan Harmon show. Uh <laughs> uh So I love it. The next. uh The next number six. What is your number six here, Cam? The number six. Okay, so the number six is this is still a sitcom because it's based around one character and he does one thing in every single episode. Okay, Um, but there's a couple. uh, He does it a couple times. Are you familiar with Nathan for you? I I could feel this coming. We don't. Okay, full full clarity. We don't have a script. I have no idea what's on Cam's list, and I just have like the note app open right here on my screen, and I have it on my phone sitting right. Yeah, here. <laughs> as soon as you said it's not really a thing, but it's one main character, and he goes through different situations, I was immediately like, "Okay, it's going to be one of two things. It's either Nathan for you, or it's uh, the uh, what's the other one on Comedy Central that's like Nathan for you." Um, oh, who does that? Um... He has the big hair and it's like has the let me in uh, on the White oh, House. Oh, Eric Andre. Um, yeah, the Eric Andre Eric show. Eric Andre, yeah. Uh, he technically has another. Uh, uh, what's his face is on that show, too. Uh, uh, what's that other comedian? He's really funny. He's and the I'm guy so who, who dropped all the Hannibal Burris. He's the guy who dropped all the stuff about name, Bill yes. Cosby. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's 
<laughs> he is really funny. He, I he is very funny. Verse too. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, Nathan for you, like this is the exact kind of dry, cringy humor that I, I need. In okay. Life. Like the way that he just handles situations and responds to people. The show is not, I don't think the show is a hundred percent real. Like I think there's some stuff that is set up that like, you know, you can't know, but if you're not familiar with the premise, uh, this guy, Nathan Fielder goes around to these different businesses and he gives them advice, but in, in almost in like a style of um, like a bar rescue kind of show, or like, like Hell's uh, Kitchen or uh, what is it? Restaurant um, Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. right. Stuff like that. Although, but it's a Comedy Central show, Cameron. Yes, I know it is. Um, that's because the advice that he gives is actually secretly <laughs> genius, but also just ludicrous and totally insane. <laughs> The first episode that I watched was uh, when he was trying to figure out how to get a bar to allow smoking inside in a state where it's illegal to smoke indoors. <laughs> it's the most creative stuff that he comes up with. For yeah. this. Like he 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 makes it on the national news at least twice in the in the show um, off of stunts that he's doing. Uh, and it, Again, he's a he's a, a secret genius. It's it, I I feel what? like my experience with that show is it's like sort of like Borat, but like also just like slightly more less of a character. Um, yes, he is his own character. Yes, Nathan. like he's he's definitely putting on a character for the show, but right. the character that he puts on is perfect, and he personifies it absolutely. Yeah. Um the the reoccurring characters that he has like yeah it's right that, that's a sitcom trope right there right. you have reoccurring characters simon the security guard reoccurring character right there you got um what's his face the uh the bill gates impersonator uh who the entire series finale the hour and a half long series finale uh is based around like there's <laughs> a ton of right like, there's just a ton of lovable characters that um he finds while he's going throughout the show. Okay, it, it's I cannot recommend this enough. I, I can also not clips. recommend watching like a couple of episodes to get the feel for it. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch the first time if cringe humor and just like uncomfortable humor is not your cup of tea. Um, but there is there's an there's definitely an art to what he's doing. At the yeah. Same time. So this is easily my number six. Okay. So my number six is nothing like that. Um, it is uh, Parks and Recreation. Ooh, um, great show. It is so good. Um, has the worst first season of any team. Well, that's not entirely true. It has a very, very bad first season. Uh, that a classic Greg Daniels move right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um but like the first season of the show is like almost effectively retconned. Like they almost like kind of write it out of the show because like everything in it just did not work. And uh, there's like a really good YouTube video from one of the like nerdstalgic or whatever those YouTube channels Love are. Love nerdstalgic. Um, uh. That talked about the issue with like how they wrote um, the the characters specifically uh, Leslie in the original in the first season and how in the second season it was she was very like doing good all these things like very happy and not as like work 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 focused I guess it was 
a much more uh, approachable character. And it's one of those things where when I started watching the show with Cassidy, because I'd already seen the show, um, mm-hmm. I told Cassidy, I was like, you need to watch the first season. It's going to suck. But you need to have the context because the second season kind of, you know, picks up where that left off. But the good news yeah. is, is it's only like eight episodes. So it's not very long. So it's like mm-hmm. just a few hours. You got to like drudge through a like perfectly average comedy. And then it's gold from there on out. Um, and like Chris Pratt in that show is so funny. I I think that's peak Chris Pratt is in is in Parks and Rec. I, like his his he plays that character beautifully. I love Chris Pratt. And I think he's hilarious. I I find <laughs> that he and um, April are the couple that you root for. Yes, they're definitely it. I I liked them significantly more than um, Ben and Leslie. Yeah, well, Ben and but, so so Ben and Leslie really connected to like Cassidy and I because we oh, okay. related to their relationship a lot. Um, I can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one of the things that I really liked about it was, is there like, and that's the thing about the show too, is like everything feels relatable while mm-hmm. also being quite funny and out there. And like, uh, I don't think there is a single character on that show that I dislike. Um, honestly, I think, honestly, I think that I would agree with that because I, uh, Spoiler alert, Parks and Rec does not make my top 10, Mm -hmm. but all of those characters are very lovable. Oh, yeah. And, like, Ron Swanson is the most curmudgeonly, and he is still, like, one of the best things that's come out of NBC. One of the things that I don't think enough people remember about that show is that Billy Eichner was on that show, too. Billy Eichner stole (laughs) the show in the final couple seasons. It was so funny. He absolutely stole the show. I almost totally forgot that yeah. Craig was in that show. But when 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 Aziz Ansari is trying to open the restaurant yes. and they, Craig wants to be his sommelier, <laughs> but he can't not yell and like when he shuts himself in the wine cellar. Why would you order red wine with fish? It is the funniest. Thing. I it, oh my god! If thank I, you, thank you for making me remember. Billy that Eichner that is so is funny. Great. Like so Billy great. on the street, I I would consider shout to be one out of my to favorite Billy shows. That shows yeah, so good. Shout out to Billy on the street. That's another good one. You know that would be another one about one dude going around yes. doing his thing. That's technically not a sitcom. So yeah. I'd I'd file that somewhere in there. Fair enough. Uh, so, okay, number five. We're getting into the final five, the bi- the big ones here. Ooh, yes, uh, these are so the big ones here. Number five for Cam. What is your number five pick? My number five is Frasier. Okay. I love okay, Grandpa. Frasier, Cal. All right. Oh, <laughs> Frasier is, <laughs> Frasier is to me, like almost everything that I want out of like a, a, a classic sitcom. Yeah. Like the, your classic sitcom setup. It's, it's almost everything that I want from it. Yeah. Um. Again, all of the characters are super duper lovable. Um. Niles Crane is one of the most hysterical human beings on the planet. Um. <laughs> I just, I just love the way that David Hyde Pierce portrays him. Mm-hmm. I, I, it makes me love David Hyde Pierce even more, even without getting to know him as a person, just like knowing that he is Niles Crane. Right. I love. 
Um, and if you've ever seen any of his other stuff, he is a phenomenal actor. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. I love that Eddie, the dog, is as much a part of the main cast as everyone else in yes. the show. Um, really makes him feel like he's family. I love the journey that they take. I love the Maris Crane quotes. Um, like every joke that they make about Maris, especially in seasons one through three, is like it's spot on. I just love the portrait that they portray of her and to the point where it became so specific and so grandiose that they could never hire an actress to portray her because you just couldn't <laughs> fit that description. Um, but it's so smart. It's it's peak contradictorial mm-hmm. comedy. I'm coining this term right now, but like there are so many times where, um, you know, a character will say one thing, Frasier especially, right. and immediately the exact opposite will happen. Um, and they, they do it great. Every party that they throw is a humongous disaster and so funny to watch it just completely fall apart. Frasier's like Kelsey Grant. Frasier's like the like one of the most successful spinoff shows too i think it might be the most successful with 11 seasons coming in at just one under the show that it spun off right like kelsey Grammer played that character for 20 years yeah that's that's a long time i don't know if any other actor can say like in a in a sitcom right or like most of like tv shows that they played like the same Doctor Who's been on for 60 years. Right. But they changed doctors willy nilly, right? Like, I'm I'm so excited to be wrong about this and learn a ton. Hold on. I want to see best. Uh, what are what are the most successful uh spin-offs? Spin-off TV shows. I feel like Laverne and Shirley has gotta I, be on this, right? Like it, it is. I actually just watched a video on this. Okay. <laughs> like a couple weeks ago. Uh okay. The Facts of Life. I kind of forgot that The Facts of Life was a uh, spinoff. As did I. Um, I have not actually seen The Facts of Life. I think that's something else that I know this is a really awkward time to to put this in here. But like, I've also not seen every single sitcom in the universe. Correct. So there Same. might be some stuff, you know, as of December 2022, like this is my top 10. Yes. Same. Uh, let's, let's see. OK, this is making me like click through multiple. OK, Mork and Mindy, The Jeffersons. Mm. I'm not surprised about that. Okay, one. Jefferson's is a spinoff of All in the Family. Yeah, that makes sense. Seven yes. is Frasier. Um, six is Maud, which is a spinoff of uh, All in the Family, but also kind of led into doing the Golden Girls. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. So that's interesting. Uh... Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, which I did not know. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. That's um, like something I heard like once, maybe like a couple years ago, but have not thought about that. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so it's like Frasier, Mork and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. Good Times. Those are like some of the most successful spinoff shows, uh, yeah, basically. And, yeah. And it, with this being the only spinoff show that we're, that, we're probably going to talk about at least on my list that we're going to talk about. Like, I think that really says something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Incredibly. Again, another really smart show. Yeah. Um, love the, and love the trajectory of all the characters. So, so number five, 
Uh, my number five is like tangentially related to the Cheers verse, sort of. Ooh, um, okay. In that Ted Danson is in my number five pick, which is uh, The Good Place, uh, which is probably one of my favorite just straight up TV shows of all time. Um, like, if you have not watched The Good Place, I can't really talk about The Good Place a whole lot without spoiling The Good Place is the issue. Uh, but like the good place is one of the funniest TV shows. That's also extremely thoughtful, has a lot to say about philosophy, has a lot to say about like existence and life and meaning and all of these things. And all of the characters are so well-written and so funny. And I just like Ted Danson's character on that show is so good. Like I, I love he plays like place. Saint Mike, which Saint does he so play? He, well, he, he plays as a character named Michael, but, uh, oh, okay. I, I can't tell you more than that because that would spoil the show. Mm, um, okay. That's fair. I have seen a singular episode of this show and it was on a plane. Okay. Um, so, so I need, I need to do the show justice. It, it is a show that has a very clear beginning, middle and end. Like it, it is a continuous story. Um, it is not like a one one episode arc. It's like the whole series. Mm -hmm. And it's really I think it's only like four seasons, um, but it's very like each season is very intentional and it ends where it's like it's very clear. It ended where the creator wanted it to end. Um, and so it's, I love that. Not yeah. enough shows are like that. Yeah. It, it it ends beautifully. It starts. It's hilarious. It's it's so good. I highly recommend the good place. And so uh, I'm not surprised to see this on the uh, actually hilariously enough after your description about talking about like philosophy and yeah. like, life and stuff like that. Um, that's, I'm not surprised to see this on the same list as like Rick and Morty that like also yeah. <laughs> deals with like your own existence and stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah, I like that. Like that. Theme. I, I have I have a, a thing that uh, gets me going. Uh, so <laughs> number four, you're your own character. I am. I would love to character. say, well, I love it. I would love to say before I talk about my number four, that we have yet to overlap in our top 10. I know I that's that wild. Is, I think that is pretty wild too, but I also, um, I also kind of love it too. Cause I, I love that we, we've had more shows we've gotten to talk. Yeah. About, so I also think we're going, I think as we get to these like final four though i i have a feeling there will be at least one or two that might overlap um oh i i have a feeling too yeah i have a feeling too yeah uh but why don't you like the office so my biggest issue with the office is that it just went on forever and yeah, yeah it did Hell i yeah. also didn't think so the the parts of the office i liked mm -hmm. weren't the things that people liked about the office Okay. And yeah. so it was like my least favorite thing in the office is Dwight. Like if I could write Dwight out of that show, I would do it immediately. Um, Interesting. Okay. I, I thought like um, all the other characters were very funny. I think once Steve Carell left the show, you should have just ended the show because I definitely share that point with a lot of people. Like I, it, the the one point of contention I would have with that is I think they really missed a chance to replace him with Will Ferrell. And had that been the like trajectory, I thought it would have been great. 
but replacing him with uh what was it Jason Sudeikis? No, no, it was it's uh, James, not James. Woods. Ed Helms. It was uh, well, they did a whole. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I was trying to think of Robert California for some. Oh, reason, yeah, okay, Helms, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, he the new character that they introduced would was Robert California for that season, right? Um, which was definitely a, a new direction. Yes. Um, I totally understand why you feel that way. Yeah. What I like about The Office is what a lot of other people like about The Office. Yeah. I like Dwight. Um, I mean, Jim and Pam all the way. Oh, for I don't sure. Under, I don't understand the Pam hate. I don't understand the Pam hate. You got you get that Pam hate out of here if you're a Pam hater. I don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> I I Michael Scott is up in the top three best TV show characters yes. of all time. I could definitely agree with that. A hundred, hundred percent. Right. Uh, I think that's just, that's just a fact at this point. So is the office um, your number four? The office is my number okay. four. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where this was going. Yeah. Okay. Office is my number four. It's the show that got me and Courtney together. Actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it definitely has a soft spot in my heart. Watched it from one of the few shows that I got to watch as it was on from very early on and then watched it as it yeah. was finishing. Um, I had a, my senior year of high school was the year that the show ended. Okay. And it was wrapping up like basically around the same time that graduation was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were so many people, once I got to college, I had like eight people that lived on my floor that said, well, yeah, I gave a speech at graduation and I quoted something that Andy said in the series yeah. finale that like hit me. And like, it was the best line probably in the entire show mm-hmm. that Ed Helms gets. And they, they really did Ed Helms ca- a character, a disservice in that last season. But um, to go off your point for the last two seasons, while I'm on the topic, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, I think, I think the show would be even better mm-hmm. if, if I didn't have to include seasons eight and seasons nine. I, I totally that being get that. said. That being said, I want to talk about season nine specifically because I do feel season eight is the weakest. I do like Robert California generally, um, but I think some of the storylines that they do just aren't as strong. And Nellie Bertram is not a character I'm a huge fan of. When when Um, Mindy Kaling left the writing team, it was very clear. It definitely was. Yeah, you could definitely tell when the team switched up. Yeah. And granted, that was because she'd like gotten big and was doing her own things. So she wasn't her own stuff. But like it was very clear that Mindy Kaling not writing for the show was like when the show's decline really happened because it was like and and the funny thing is, is it's like I actually hate Mindy Kaling's character on the show, (laughs) but like (laughs) her writing is so good and she's made a ton of very, very good shows. She's so smart. She's incredibly funny um, and super talented. Yeah. Yeah. but that's that's another show where like so many of the characters are are lovable. Yeah. Um. I have a I have a couple except I'm not a Nellie Bertram fan. I think there's a couple things that she does that are really funny, but um. I don't. Know, I just don't think they they did a ton with that character. Yeah. More. Um. The other my 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 hottest take is that I don't think that Angela should have gotten a happy ending. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. After how her character arc went, you've seen the whole thing, I assume. Yes. Okay, yeah, after ha- her whole character arc and how she treats people, like, I, I know why people liked her, and I know that, you know, her relationship with Dwight was definitely something that people had their eyes on for the entire span of the show. Right. Um, 
But like, I she was terrible to everyone in her life. I don't know. I don't think she should have gotten a happy. That's day, so. That's one of the things that I I dislike when shows do when they like everybody has to have a happy ending, and I'm like, yeah, that that kind of undoes some of what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but I don't I don't know. I guess for me, like The Office was like, I didn't watch The Office when it was like coming out. Yeah. And like I got just when I was in high school, it was just a deluge of, uh, you know, that's what she said and yeah. all of that <laughs> stuff. And it just like annoyed me a bunch. And yeah. so like when we actually sat down and watched the show, it's like I don't dislike the show, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a very yeah. it's a, it is a good show, but it's a show that just bugs me sometimes because of how popular it is is it's, it's so just like culturally culturally yeah. relevant and then Fred, when gen z came in and were old enough to start watching the show yeah. really discovered it and it had a completely new resurgence then yeah um i i think that show is you know weirdly enough going to be a show that really stands the test of time yeah um i think that the dinner party is the dinner party episode the- is one of the best episodes of television ever made that is an undisputed fact as well. Like this show just has so many things that it comes out and says, this is a scientific law. The dinner party <laughs> is an amazing episode of comedy. Like that's a, like it's just Newton one of the best television episodes. Shit. End of story. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I, I really... So the office is definitely my number four. Yeah. Okay. So my number four is a show that also had some weak seasons, uh, but it is getting, uh, it had uh, six seasons and it is getting a movie. And that's community. <laughs> they just uh, confirmed it. <laughs> they just yeah. confirmed it. And uh, like I said, I love Dan Harmon. Uh, community mm-hmm. was a show that I did not watch when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then decide well, everybody like I kept I was like looking for things to watch. So I asked people for recommendations and I kept hearing from people who knew me really well. They were like, you will love community. You need to watch community. And I was like, OK, sure, whatever. So I gave it a chance. And at first I'm like, this is kind of like fine and then halfway through the first season is when the show goes full nutso and that is when the show is just completely pops off and is so good the paintball episodes are good uh mm-hmm. like even the ones they did in the later seasons were were like even when they were like kind of worn out they were still very good and funny um it is a it's really sad because it's like a show that was very good had so much good going for it but also just had like all of the worst things happened to it that could possibly happen like between the production uh or like the producers of the show at NBC just like not getting it and forcing Dan Harmon out and then bringing in a completely unproven writing team and then bringing Dan Harmon back but it was too late at that point uh to the like whole Chevy Chase being a giant piece of shit the entire time. What a de- what a debacle that was. Yeah, Hearing, I was going to say all those characters are level are so lovable. Yeah, and Pierce. <laughs> like, and, it, and it was like and it, like I sort of got where like because there was like a thing where they would talk about like Joel McHale's talked about it a lot where oh, yeah. he's been like you know I like got where Chevy was coming from on the my character is written this way I don't particularly like that I would like my character to be a little bit more agreeable 
but the issue was is that Chevy Chase wasn't agreeable. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, like, <laughs> the fact that, like, he and Joel McHale got in a physical altercation is absolutely absurd. It's crazy. But it's yeah. such a funny show. And the fact oh, that yeah. the way they wrote him off is with zero context. Oh, he oh, just died. Yeah. Uh, he just dies. He just, like... What is it? He just like masturbates too much or something? Yeah, like something that? like that. Yeah, this is just some. It's like the most embarrassing way that they could have had. Him yeah, go, which I think is like the, the perfect send off for for Pierce. Yeah, but like those um, are those like Joel McHale's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, you know Childish Gambino. Is great, oh, yeah. you know my boy, it's phenomenal in there. You have the beautiful and talented Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes, um, the beautiful and talented Allison Brie. Like there's. What a what a great cast and Chevy Chase. The other thing that's wild about that show that I don't think enough people think about is that that show was also created by um what's what the name the the Russo brothers who oh I totally directed Endgame and uh directed uh Infinity War and Captain America movies and all these like all these big action films now like mm-hmm. they produced and wrote and directed a lot of the original episodes of community like (laughs) yeah and and the fun thing is (laughs) the fun thing is is like they do because of that community members uh show up in like a lot of the russo brothers movies as like cameos (laughs) so like Chang is in endgame yvette nicole brown is in endgame very briefly oh yeah she is um like they all cameo in the like Marvel movies that they direct at some point. Mm-hmm. And that's, and oh, it's yeah. so fun to see that connection. And uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. It's getting a movie. I know. Yeah. It's about time. Cause they've, Op-Ed's been talking about it for, you know, years at this point now. So it's, it's good that it's finally coming. So, six season of yeah, the movie. The, f- <laughs> the first three seasons are you know, phenomenal. And it's really what got me into the show. Um, yeah remedial what theory what is that episode like remedial chaos theory theory. that's what it is like you can't deny like that is a really cool portrayal of character yeah um characters that they established really early and really quickly really strong yes um yeah there's no dan there's no denying that that show is really yeah it it it, the last few seasons are rough but it's not the show's fault to be fair <laughs> it's like it, it, it no they were working with what they had yeah, they, they really were because that's another like, show that was like heroes because if you remember like heroes like went off the deep end and it's just oh, like yeah. a product of the writer's strike um mm-hmm. and so like there's that there's all the like the tv industry was a mess at that period of time oh it was um, it was yeah so number three what is your third Our favorite sitcom three the top three number three is a classic okay and i think that this style i think also defines um i think this style defines my top three okay i i think it, i think this is really where there is a, a little bit of a tonal shift maybe not in the direction of like a bojack horseman kind of tonal sure. shift um but definitely a tonal shift in what they were doing with a sitcom right my number three is seinfeld okay this show yes. was totally totally revolutionary yes when it came out larry david's no learning 
no hugging mm-hmm. style of or, or approach to the show was genius in my mind. Yeah. And it completely transformed what a lot of other shows had done in the past where, you know, these are bad people and, you know, they're doing bad things. But like, I know that I, I can still I still know that they're bad based on them never winning. Yeah. Um, George Costanza. Oh, my God. I think is right up there with Michael Scott in the top three. One of, of my TV favorite characters. So good. Like everything about every character trait about George is hysterical. <laughs> his cheapness. Um, his anger. Like how, un- how uncomfortable he is with his sexuality. <laughs> like there are so many great, so many great little aspects about George. I felt it move, that- Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the tell. Contact's the tell. It's so, it's so incredible. Like, <laughs> It's also the Kramer. show that had the um the uh the 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 I, I just watched a video about this that was amazing mm-hmm. and it was talking about how I think it was in the fifth season that is when it Seinfeld became Seinfeld and uh that yes. was the season where they had specifically the uh episode where everybody thought George and Jerry was gay and how it handled yes. the um the idea I of watched that. the same video. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that if we scrolled through each other's YouTubes, the exact same recommendations That's would fucking come wild. up. TV show stuff yep. and CEDH and it, other magic. It's so funny because like they were talking about how like the show just like it didn't talk about how like it was making fun of the situation without mm-hmm. making fun of the sexuality. And the thing that yes. they were making fun of was them being like, not that there's anything wrong with that, that they just said over yeah. and over and over, <laughs> over and over, and over in the show. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. And there's so many other times where that came up. Um, are you master of your domain? From the past, <laughs> right? Like, there's so many things that... I'm king of the, of the castle. <laughs> Lord of the, the manor. <laughs> like the... And like, to top it all off, like, the the... Really, what led the show was the the coined terms. Mm-hmm. Where, like it felt like almost every episode they had a name for somebody. Yeah, he's a high talker. She's a low talker. He's a close talker. It's the puffy shirt. She got bad breath. Right, the puffy shirt. She has man hands. Like there is like these little little things that just like you catch yourself. How do you feel about the Drake? All of- <laughs> love the Drake. Oh, I hate that. Gotta right? love like, the Drake. Gotta love the Drake. Right? It, like, it totally, <laughs> totally helps you classify people at yes. the same time. It's like, so fun. It, it, the, the yada, 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 right? Like, there's so much stuff that is just absolutely iconic that comes from the show. Um, it has very few bad episodes. That is very true. The, it, it, I mean, it, it, it takes a while for it to, fi- to find its footing. Yes. And that's probably where most of it comes in. Either that or... You know, after Larry David left the show after season seven, it's obvious. Like they start to do things that they do in other sitcoms that never appeared in Seinfeld. Like like chasing montages where like Jerry will chase Newman to get something right. Right. There's it feels jarring when you see that in a Seinfeld episode down the line. The biggest that being said, like season nine has like some of the heaviest hitters in there. Like Kruger Industrial Smoothing (laughs) being introduced. In season nine, the return of David Putty as like an actual side character. I like, forgot about industrial smoothie. Oh my god! Oh, look at this, Cal. Cal, 
Three times around, no hand. <laughs> oh my like, god! He's so good. He's such a so good funny. Um, Kramer is iconic. Oh, for and sure. Julia Louise Dreyfus is her breakout role. Oh, absolute breakout role, which started her whole career. Um, and she is absolutely hysterical it's so funny because i feel like every friend group it part of what i why i love that show so much it's in my top three it's not number three but it's in my top three spoilers we'll get um nice is like everybody has a george friend right yes everybody has an elaine everybody has a kramer and it's just like everybody knows a jerry and it's just like Mm -hmm. it's so funny because it's like part of what makes that show so great is it's like they are being bad people, but they're about like things that everybody gets annoyed about and frustrated 100%, with. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's just like, oh, yeah, I also get mad about this. And it's like, <laughs> it, oh it's my God. so funny. Um, it's, it's one of the most relatable shows in that way, because it, it's all just little minute stuff. Yeah. That happens. It's not like, oh, you know, this situation is really specific for this like demographic of people. It's not like that at all. This is like I'm in line for the bank and this is the worst thing in the universe. I okay. so just I'm just going to get it out now because we I've already said this, but it's it's right. Number two for me. Um, Nice. And very, very great spot for it. uh, One of my favorite things, and I can't remember the, the episode. It's the episode where Jerry's car gets stolen. Oh, and yes. He calls the car phone. And one of my favorite things, and I'm going to see if I can get a clip of it to put on the video podcast so that people can see it. Yes. What do I say if he picks up? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this 5558383? Uh, I have no idea. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you steal my car? Yes, I did. <laughs> You did? I did. But that's my car. I didn't know it was yours. Jerry, <laughs> the best part about that isn't that line. That line's hilarious. But it's George standing there listening who goes. <laughs> Just the little subtle things that everybody d- does oh, in that yeah. show is so funny. Um, George, especially because George is based around Larry, Larry David. David. Yeah. So like watching like I, I've watched a couple of interviews with like Jason Alexander talking about like how he's he would like just study Larry David's <laughs> mannerisms and like this the little George look that's like the you know like when he does it, he kind of like smacks his lip and like widens his eyes a little bit like right before he'll say something or like when Jerry gives him a dig he'll yeah. do that look like that's a Larry David special right there believe like, it, it or not George, is, George in is in that home all right because we're on the top three what is your favorite episode of Seinfeld? okay so my favorite episode of Seinfeld oh god oh god that's hard um uh, while you think I have one okay. so I'm just gonna go while you're thinking okay best episode is the opposite where George yes. does the exact opposite of everything that is my favorite episode Hands down. Love how he's portrayed. I think one of my favorite episodes might be Summer of George. I don't know that I can find a favorite oh. episode, but I can definitely tell you one of my favorites is Summer of George because it's Great when one. he does. Or is that the one where he's like, everything I do is the opposite? 
Um, or is that a different episode? No, that's is that that's summer- the opposite. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's okay. the opposite. Um, yeah. Where he orders tuna on toast. That's right. Side of yeah. That's right. That's season nine. That's My name right. is George. My name is George. I'm bald and I live with my parents. <laughs> or I'm I'm unemployed and I live with my parents is what he says. Yeah. She can see he's bald. I'm gonna, hi, I'm Veronica. <laughs> Such so good. I love everything about that one. Uh the contest is obviously very good. Um classic episode. I also um I also think I could tell you one of my least favorite episodes is the parking garage episode. Um, you don't like that one. I think. Does it change your mind to know that the ending of that show of that episode was not scripted and that the car was supposed to start and they drive off? But it was <laughs> such a long filming day that they were just like, whatever happens is going to happen. This is the last take. We're just calling it after this. So they do the whole thing. And of course, Michael Richards completely fumbles with the air conditioner right. trying to put it into the into the trunk and he like legit slams his face into yep. the box. Um and then they're literally supposed to drive off and like they sit down and they try to start the car. Oh my god, too good. Oh man, I just I can't there's so many episodes of that show. Like I don't know that I could fit, pick a favorite. There are just so many good ones. Um like the the episode my, where uh the episode where uh, Elaine and Jerry are fighting and Kramer tra- comes in and tries to mediate and tries to get them together. <laughs> now, can't you two tell that you're in love with each other? <laughs> I love that. That is one of the classic, like, Jerry Seinfeld is not the best actor, but, yes. like, it, his delivery is also important for the show, too. Yes. When he shouts, how did you know those condoms were defective, <laughs> Adelaine? Like that is such the most poorly delivered line in TV history. But that's but like the, the beauty time, of the, the show. The punch that it has, yeah. right? The punch that it has is so good. And I love that it's not a laugh track. Like this is yeah, that's live a studio audience, audience laughter. So when like you listen to the puffy shirt and you can hear a woman in the studio audience yes. and they cut to the homeless people wearing the shirt, like it, you can hear this woman in the studio audience shouting, oh my God. And it's, it's. <laughs> such a good include there, that just changes how you feel you feel like you're you're there in that case you don't feel like there's just you know the same laugh after every joke yeah. like in a frazier or like in a, a you know big bang right. theory right that's just just noise like it's a legit laugh and they didn't add any and extra the reason that. for that too is it was like part of how jerry like jerry's a stand-up comedian right yeah. And so part of that was him like almost doing stand up comedy. You know what I mean? So it was like it was one of those things where the like the audience ser- like the the laugh track part of the show serves the format of the show. It like because I've seen people who are like if you take the laugh track out of Seinfeld here's what it looks like and I'm like yeah 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 I get that. But you but you have to understand is that Seinfeld is basically one like 30 minute like stand up set effectively. It's, like, it's a play. Yeah. They're putting on a legit play. Like it yeah. is legitimately like just like a, a show that is meant to be like a, a theatrical thing. Like it is it is not meant to be like Modern Family or these other shows, right? It is meant to be Which what is it funny is. considering like half the time they're just sitting around in a coffee shop or just like sitting around at Jerry's apartment. Right. Just like bullshitting. <laughs> well, that's what plays are, right? Like it's it's people it's, talking. Oh, that's true. So that's true. Uh, my that literally is so my number is. three is actually Seinfeld on crack, which is uh, it's always sunny. 
Um, oh, okay. So, uh, I, I guess, I guess I'm going to say, because while we're talking about these, always sunny is my favorite TV show of all time. Always sunny in Philadelphia is my number one. So the only reason I have it ranked three below Seinfeld is because there's sometimes the humor of it's always sunny doesn't Mm -hmm. land for me. And fair. Now, I will say that watching the It's Always Sunny podcast has changed that for me a little bit because watching them talk about the jokes and talking about like the reasoning and how they got there mm-hmm. and also like seeing who they are as people like made really me eye-opening. appreciate the show more. I um, almost especially at the beginning of the podcast, I almost like the podcast more than like the new episodes that they were coming out with. Yeah. Like, there was just genuine enthusiasm that was just spewing out of every single one of all their pores yeah. between all three of them. It was amazing to see that come together. Yeah. Um, but I guess like, I under- yeah, like it's just like, it, it's a little too off the rails sometimes for me, but it's also one of my favorite TV shows. And it's just like, like Charlie day, you can put Charlie day. He's a genius. Like he's so he's fucking the funny, most, most brilliant Renaissance man in the universe. He, um, uh, go ahead and give your whole. We, whole we take. both yeah, have like fifty like, things that we want to say, and we're both so excited yeah. to say them because, like, that's Glenn Howerton that's is how great. Rob McElhenney's great. Charlie They're Day is great. great. Dennis Dennis Reynolds is my favorite character on the show. I think that it's a very fine line that you have to tread when you're trying to portray yes. someone like Dennis Reynolds. And I think that they do it so perfectly and they, it, they're so on the nose with it. It's, it's, it's perfection. The thing that I think the, is funny is listening to the podcast is yes. you would think they each write their own characters, but Charlie writes Dennis's character. And so which you would not expect yeah. because Glenn Howerton is so much like Dennis. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it's like, like a lot of the things like he talked about on the podcast that irritate him. It's like, yep, it, that's Dennis. Yeah. And <laughs> he just doesn't like like he's just more tame. Yeah, he's more tame. And he's not creepy towards women is the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, is so accurate. But like how many of these other shows like have like Danny DeVito in them? And yes, I know Taxi is right. not in my top 10, but like like this is. What I love about Seinfeld is what I love about Always Sunny because yep. Always Sunny kicks it up a notch. It brings up the darkness. It brings up the the cartoonish appeal as well. Like Charlie Work is the episode that makes yes. me realize that like the show is a cartoon. <laughs> like it's a live action cartoon, which makes me more accepting of a lot of the other stuff that they'll end up doing. That's if, such if a that good way of that. characterizing that show as a yeah, live action cartoon. That's really what it is. All of the characters are amazing on their own. Um, it is political satire through oh, 100% through it's so funny. Like seeing people get so upset. Oh man, the new seasons are so political. Like literally every episode of the, season like the one, one of was the about very, a hot button. Yeah. Issues. I was going to say, I was like, was it like the third episode about them going to like an abortion rally? Like that, yeah, the second episode was Charlie gets an abortion. Yeah. The, f- the pilot episode is the gang gets racist, which is yeah. a very ballsy episode to just put out there as your first one. Um, gun fever, uh, underage drinking. Like these are all yeah. the things that come up in just season one. Um, and it's only expanded upon as the seasons go on. And the arcs that each character takes, like Max character has a 
beautiful arc. Yeah. Um, Charlie's character doesn't need to be any more than he is. He's he is Charlie, and I understand why Charlie doesn't change because he's Charlie. But I think that's another part of the genius is that like Max really the only character that's changing, but he's also not changing. Right. Like what keeps these characters here is that they're not changing. They're not going to move on from Patty's pub. Right. Because this is who they are, which is great for me because if I could just be a fly on that wall in that bar for forever <laughs> like i want to be ernie like i i want to be ernie like, they have I no be, desire to stop to making the yell. show too is the best part they don't it is the longest running live action sitcom yeah and they're it they're in the middle they're in the middle of creating season 16 currently mm-hmm. um and i don't see why they wouldn't create a season seven i believe they are already contractually signed up to do 17 I think um, that you're right. Uh, <laughs> now that you say but that, but it, it's yeah. like I like they they will they are as they're doing the sh- like, and this is why I, I like I told my wife because she doesn't love the show. It's a little too dark for her, which I get. Mm-hmm. But I've shown her particular episodes and like also shown her the podcast, and she's like, I actually, I the podcast makes me like the show more. And yeah. I, I'm like, I I absolutely agree because you can see how much they love it, and you can see how much of satire it is because then you see Mm -hmm. rob is like in like in reality and then you see what uh glenn is really like and then you see what charlie's like and Mm -hmm. i i think one of my favorite parts of that is uh in a recent episode they like on the fly called caitlin uh to like get her perspective on something rob was talking about yes and she at, at first came in as her character and then mm-hmm. as soon as she was told, oh, no, this is about real life, you could hear her switching to Caitlin Olsen. Oh, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> and it was so funny. Caitlin Olsen um, is so talented. She's so funny. The physical comedy that she does with Dee, like, is, yes. is perfect. Like, even in, like, Frank's Little Beauties, when she says, ooh, I'm in charge of all the chairs, like, that line, <laughs> she delivers that. And, like, the motions that she does, I'm in charge of. The chairs, chairs and setting up the chairs, but there's a guy and his face is busted. The best uh, there. This is one of the shows that I could quote like almost entire episodes. I I the uh, obviously the Nightman cometh is so great, so good. Oh my god! Uh, you know, and as a musician, I I also really appreciate Charlie Day's musicality. He is and stupid talented. Stupid talented. And the most recent, as of this recording, the most recent episode of the podcast was also about The Nightman Cometh. Yep. Did you listen? I did, because Lin Manuel Miranda S- shows up and it was great. Of course he's an always sunny fan. That was so great to get, right? Of well, that course. was that's also the other um, thing about it that I love is so I also am a fan of Taylor Swift. And so she mm-hmm. had the uh there was the anti-hero music video that came out the day that her album released. And yeah. we're watching this. Uh, music video because my wife is a huge Swifty got tickets to see her like floor seats to see uh, Taylor Swift Ooh. in Cincinnati next year Um, so like huge fan and uh, we're sitting there watching this and they get they cut to the like funeral part of it and it has Mike Birbiglia who's one of my favorite stand-up comics Ooh, he's great I and love it Mike, also yeah. has Mary Elizabeth in it playing her daughter-in-law and I immediately lose my mind and I'm like, holy shit, that's the waitress. And I'm just oh like, Cassie's God. like, what? And I was like, that's a character from It's Always Sunny. 
Mm-hmm. And it's Mike Birbiglia. And then I learned that like Taylor Swift is uh, the godparents of Ryan Reynolds kids. And no so idea. I'm like, oh yeah, God. so like she brings up the names of uh, it's like the way that Ryan Reynolds and uh, I forget who he's married to. Um, uh, Brie, no, uh, she's um, in the Pretty Little Liars. No, no, she's. Um, um, it's uh, it's why don't I, she's blonde. Oh, she's Blake blonde. Lively. God, of course. That's who it is. Um, I was at BL. Brie yes. Larson is who I was thinking of. <laughs> BL. Yeah. Blake Lively. I had the initials. Uh, but uh, they're the most beautiful couple. couple they are. The they're so wholesome. Uh, and oh they God. but the way that they have. Uh, like announced the names of their children is Taylor will just throw them in her songs randomly. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But so because of that, I've now learned because like Rob in uh in Ryan are like best friends, right? So well, they own the soccer team together now. Yeah. yeah. So they're super close, they're big friends. Mm-hmm. And so Taylor Swift is also like a huge it's always sunny fan. And oh, of course. So yeah, I'm like I love this. And and so I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, so this explains everything that I ever needed to know. This makes Taylor Swift even better. And mm-hmm. like it it's just one of those things where I'm just like it, it the show is so well written and so funny. It really is. They are they are geniuses. And when you really get to know their story, it's it's even better. Yeah. Um and I love I living an hour away from Philadelphia, I think also kind of really helps it connect to me. Yeah. My brother lives in Philly. My father grew up in Philly like all his life. Yeah. Um, like it's Philadelphia. I totally understand the vibe that these guys are. Oh, it's so funny too, because when we were because when we went to Oktoberfest, um, and when we were hanging out, we were walking around downtown Philly, and it was the first time I'd really ever been been to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around and I'm seeing some of the most absurd shit. And I'm just like, oh, this isn't satire. This is just like no. an accurate <laughs> representation of the city. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is so great. It is so great. The city's yeah. unhinged I, and I love it. It uh, really is. Everything about that show is great. All of the side characters that they continuously bring yes. back are great. Um, and the waiter gonna, that they I, never remember. Oh, uh, my God. So funny. What a, what a great idea a character right the waiter the lawyer artemis uh rickety cricket like oh they're yeah all absolutely phenomenal um i did dylan and i actually got to see the podcast film live i'm so jealous ago. so jealous it was phenomenal big fan servicey kind of oh show i'm sure put on um but like they they started off by like you watch the episode it was uh the gang gets whacked part two um, okay charlie played piano they brought back a uh, glenn doing the um steven spielberg voice yeah (laughs) oh man it was great and you know what meg i'm so sorry i don't remember your last name megan but one of these you know producers and writers for the show came from community now yeah she was always such a huge sunny fan eventually got to start working on it and she she was a writer on modern family originally oh she was so she so she has multiple emmys um, I did know that. Yeah, she's the only one in the, the, the Always Sunny family yeah. that has an Emmy. <laughs> Which you know, transitioning actually, that is my favorite episode of Always Sunny right now. Yes, is uh, the gang desperately tries to win an award. <laughs> I love, I love everything about the metaphors that this episode contains. Um, the bar suds is so great. Yeah, this episode is what got me to want to do an Always Sunny magic set. 
I had oh my bartender gosh. Greg. Yes. Bartender Greg was a card. You could tap him to drink. And I had a bunch of Jeez. I had a bunch of other bless you. Thank you. I had a bunch of other like cards that had the drink mechanic on it and like burn spells would be bigger if you drank more this turn and like it was it was so much fun. And there's no other TV show that I would want to do a magic set around then. Always sunny. I have so much room. One episode of It's Always Sunny downloaded on my phone so that I can watch mm-hmm. it no matter what. And I can't remember what it is, but I know I did it specifically. So we're looking for it. And it's the, uh, what is it? It's Mac and Charlie write a movie. What a great It's episode. so funny. Oh my God. So funny. Every character does some great stuff. The plot twists in there really yes. keep you guessing. Um, oh my God. That is a great episode. Mac and Charlie's um, arc in that episode in that episode i think is my favorite yeah i so i we, i do we we have your we've got your one my your three mm-hmm. my three my two but before we move on to your two and my one um i do want to say that i do think the most recent season of it's always sunny might be my favorite season uh, really because as a whole i love the story it tells i like mm-hmm. the jokes overall um i think charlie's arc in the sh- in the season is like probably one of my favorites um, it's beautiful like it is beautiful I-, I have cried like the scene of him like you know i you i sh- you should have been there for me i shouldn't have been there for you or he's there in the rain i oh my God. sobbed and it is so moving it, it- it's so sad um, but it's also just one of the best scenes where you see Charlie kind of be more of himself and like really like grow as a character. And it's like mm-hmm. Charlie stays the same, but you see him grow. And I and I think that's part of why I like it, because like Charlie's my favorite character. Um, so oh, I think that's choice. partially why I like season mm-hmm. six or 16, 15, whatever 15. one it is. Um, I think that's why I like it so much because it's so Charlie centric and um, I, I just think Charlie's hilarious. I love everything. I love his relationship to uh, Frank. I think all mm-hmm. of it's so funny. Um, I think the fact that the waitress is his wife is the in, in real, real life, life is the I funniest thing in the entire world. It uh, makes that that dynamic between the two of them so much. More it's so funny. Oh God. Uh, but anyhow. All right. So that's your favorite show. I guess we're doing the, the big drum roll for what's your second, your number two on your list. My number two show. This is hilarious. Okay. Now the last show I'm going to talk about is the cheat show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is the cheat show. Okay. Um, this is, I think you should leave. Um, okay. This is, this is sketch comedy. This is, this is where it's a little bit different, but it's, it's the same actor who's portraying um, a bunch of different characters throughout the entirety of the only two seasons which are also very short. Yes. Um, but what they have available packs the biggest punch. Um, for someone who has only seen episodes a few times, you gotta give it another try. Yeah. Like it is it it's like a fine wine and gets so much better the more that you've taken it in. Yeah. The way that the writing is is in such an abrupt and different capacity than every other show that's out there 
you know, I, I saw something where like, you know, Tim Robinson is writing in styles that his young children speak. Right. So when he says lines like, I can't know how to know any more about tables, like that's not <laughs> a sentence that comes up like that you would say or like phrase it in that specific right. way. But like the only person that would come up with that is a child. So right. like, it, knowing that, like it kind of makes it interesting, like to hear how he spells out things, the delivery, like it's so easy to just deliver things in the angry and the loud way that like you could almost say anything. I get it. You don't like my brand. Okay. You can just say that cam. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm angry and loud. You just described me. Okay. I'm saying I love it. I love it. It's, um, Oh my God. It's so good. Like, uh, the, this, the sketch where he's, um, they're in the, the music studio and they're trying to improv a song mm-hmm. for the executives. Like there are some great lines in that uh, Billy is in him or Billy as in me. Is your name Billy too? No, that's why I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's such a genius. There's so many of the genius parts. Did you know that if you just say words, if you say someone else's lines in a play, faster than they can they become your lines (laughs) like the audience doesn't know the difference but so if you can just say them faster they're your lines like that's theater that's like the biggest brain theater move i've ever heard of and you would only get that out of i think you should so i've never watched it you're making you're giving me a reason to watch it um every almost every single play to win episode has an i think you should leave reference in it. that's beautiful like at some point or another like we are constantly reference I, I i i know that fact because ken picks up on every single one of them every single one uh, of them yes. it's a delight <laughs> um yeah i i'm gonna have to check that show out definitely um, it's definitely it, it's a, it's the cheat show right it is not the same format sure. as everything else that we've talked about but the reason why i have it so much higher than you know, even other shows that didn't hit my list, Third Rock from the Sun, yeah. um, you know, tons of great shows out there. But this one is the most quotable. Yeah. Out of almost, fair. maybe Always Sunny. Maybe I, I think I find myself quoting Always Sunny a little bit more. Um, but just the way that the the lines are and just like how fun it is to say some of them. 50, 50 black slicked back hair wigs. 50 black slicked back <laughs> hair wigs. Like that's such... It, like it's just so much fun to quote um so it, it really is such a, a nice cult follow, following that yeah. goes along with it that my favorite way i was at a wedding and um i i see this guy pass this, this is how you can tell if someone else likes the show okay you see someone with slicked back hair and you just say that guy looks like a huge piece of shit and then <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that's that was my call i had one guy standing next to me that lost it and we were best friends the rest of the night that's so funny so uh i yeah, highly recommend it for you Callahan. so I, I am excited to check that out um so my i'm excited to hear about your yeah, number one so my number one is so because you got a cheat show i am going to uh put a qualifier on this um because i think i am owed that uh Totally. And also, this also yeah. this show did not the 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 technical ending or the technical final season of the show was actually a spinoff that ABC decided was going to they actually after the fact made the final season of the show because they wanted to sell more DVDs and that's Scrubs. <laughs> um, 
Oh, Scrubs. Scrubs okay. is my favorite TV show of all time. Uh, I have seen every season all the way through 13 plus times minimum, mm-hmm. like minimum. Uh, <laughs> it is my uh, my wife knows if uh, I'm not emotionally doing well, if I'm laying in bed watching Scrubs because it's like <laughs> the perfect show to just like get me where like get like it just vibes really well. I watched yep. it a lot when my mom was going through cancer. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just like, it again was another show like the big bang theory and family guy. And some of those where I watched a lot in high school and it just stuck with me. And this is one of the ones that I think stands above all the other ones as just like, so, 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 so good. It has the best ending of any TV show I've ever seen the best final episode. And again, the final season of the show uh i is not in my opinion actually the show because it's not canon yeah it, i i don't really consider well so there is they did a thing called scrubs interns and uh it was originally a spin-off and that's mm. and in it just failed spectacularly and in order to sell dvds because scrubs dvd sales because it came out in the like mid thousands right uh yeah it sold it was like one of the highest selling uh shows on dvd uh during that time period and the ninth seat or the the spinoff show bombed like terribly and in order to sell dvds they retconned it to be season nine so now in all of the streaming stuff it's called season nine, but it's actually a completely different. It's actually a spinoff show. Um, That's insane. Yes. So ABC is ludicrous. It it actually only has eight seasons and only dedicated diehard Scrubs fans know this. Um, <laughs> but like it has the best ending where JD is standing there in front of, you know, a curtain watching all of the like possible things that can happen uh, in his future and his, his story arc, his friendship with Turk uh, is one of my favorite things. All of the characters in that show are just so funny. Uh, Ted is my favorite sad sack character ever. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things was in the later season. I think it was the final season. Uh, it was either the final season or the next to last season. Uh, it was either se- season seven or season eight uh, when uh, Michelle or Courtney Cox was uh, mm-hmm. guest starring as a character on the show. And uh, she looks in his uh, his briefcase and she goes, Ted, why do you have a. OK, how come all you have in here is a smiley face button and a revolver? Well, one's in case I get sad, and the other one's in case I get really sad. Well, see you tomorrow. We'll see. And it's just like, the writing on that show is so good. It is the only TV show that balances the drama of the stories it's telling, while mm-hmm. and the comedy. And for people who are doctors who work in the medical field, Everybody across the board says it is the most accurate medical TV show ever. 
Um, That's good. It's the only one that actually treats the hospital like it's a hospital. And they're, they're just like, yeah, these are things that happen. And obviously it does like a lot of cutaway things, which is very much my style of humor. Um, and it has all of these things where it is kind of a cartoon, but it also is so grounded in the stories that it tells and has some of the most emotionally like gut wrenching episodes um, where, you know, Dr. Cox's friend passes away and he's uh, dealing with that. And you don't know about it until the end of the episode. Um, mm. And it's just things like that where. The show is just so well written and I hate what ABC did to uh, give it a final season when it actually ends in season eight. Um, And it's just like, it is one of my favorite shows, Turk, Carla, Dr. Cox, all of them are, they're just so funny. They're so dear to my heart. Uh, I, 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 I will cry watching that show. I will die laughing watching that show. Uh, I kind of want to cry talking about the show because I love it so much. Um, and it's just like, it, it, it's just, it hits every note for me. Uh, it tells a great story. It's funny. It's emotional. It's, it hit great music too, by the way. Um, so uh, that is, that's my favorite TV show of all time is Scrubs. It, nothing goes that. over Scrubs. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I, I've only seen a very small amount of scrubs, but I I definitely need to give it a chance after you've just described all that, because I think one of the hardest things about a sitcom in general Mm -hmm. is, I mean, the TV show, this is TV in general, this is also tough, but like sitcoms, especially, I think it's tough to wrap up, Yes, right? It's tough to, it's tough to find an ending, especially if you're a show that doesn't have a plot. Like what's the last thing you're going to do? Right. Like my, my theory for always sunny is that the ending None of them can live without all four of the other ones, right? right? So the only thing that they can do, the final scene of the final episode is this, they're going to all die in a car crash at the same time. Yeah. And it's just going to be this, the, the, the Range Rover up in flames for like <laughs> five seconds and then nothing, just the Range Rover in flames for five seconds. And then you hear, and then the show's over. And then that would be it. I think it's the most justest way to do it. But um, but that being said, like, right, like it's, it's incredibly difficult to do that for a sitcom. Um, so to hear that scrubs does it like perfectly yeah. and has like, you know, a, a great way to wrap up. Um, that's really exciting. It makes Everybody will, anybody who has seen scrubs from season one to season eight will tell you it, eight has the best finale episode of any TV show mm-hmm. period. End of story. It is the best way to wrap up a TV show. Um, and it's just like, it's so satisfying. Every character gets a good arc. Um, the, the characters that you're supposed to like, like Dr. Cox is this character that you're like, is this big brash. Uh, he's mean, he's kind of like a house like character, but you, you see he he's humanized and you see the character development and he grows over the course of the series. And it's just, I cannot recommend that show enough. It's so fucking funny and it's so fucking well-written. And uh, I just, I, and I also love that that show was so culturally relevant that the friendship of JD and Turk has now made it into multiple TV ads. Uh, 
I have seen yes. that now. Yeah. It is like, like very much a thing. Hey, those are the scrub guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they're currently in a, in a TV commercial uh, for T-Mobile uh, right now. And they have a contract <laughs> with them, but they've been in other commercials before. And they, it, it's funny because like those two, uh, the, the actors who play JD and uh, Turk, which is uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, um, didn't know each other before they started filming. And mm-hmm. Bill Lawrence cast them. And those two characters were written as the way that they are, like in real life now. But they became that way because of how their characters were written. And then they just became yeah. best friends. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's just it's such a good, sh- uh, good show. Sarah Chalk who uh, is also a voice actress in uh, uh, Rick, and Morty. Rick and Morty. She's uh, plays Elliot Reed on that show. Um, you know, so many like really good characters. Neil Flynn, who plays the janitor is so funny. Uh, oh, he's great. So fun fact, uh, uh, if you go back and rewatch that show, uh, I don't, uh, this has been almost like a two hour episode, which is wild. I love it. But this was the minimum amount of time that we needed. Yeah, to go over this, exactly. Though, if I'm being realistic, I would agree with you. Um, yeah. But so the character of the janitor is beautiful because it was originally conceived because they didn't think the show was going to get more than one season. Um, yeah. So they had originally written it to be that in the first season, he never interacted with anybody but JD. And so it was originally supposed to be that the janitor character was like a figment of JD's imagination. (laughs) Um, But they got renewed and the character landed so well with audiences that he actually became a character or like became like a real character. And so they actually (laughs) had to come up with a, okay, did he actually, what did he actually put a penny in the door or not? And like, it's funny to like go back and listen to Bill Lawrence talk about when they were wrapping the show up, like how do we actually bring that together? Because (laughs) we didn't actually know originally because it was supposed to be JD being nervous about his first day. Um, And that really brings out the creativity of that team. Yes. That really does show that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful show. I can't recommend it enough. And, uh, but yeah, well, Cam, I, I, this was such a good time. I'm glad we got to sit down for two hours and not talk about Magic the Gathering. Um, (laughs) me too. I think this was a very welcome break to sit down and talk about a separate passion that we had. Yeah. Um, and I could not be more thrilled to have done this with you today, Cal. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for, uh, doing it with me. And hopefully, if people like this, we'll do more maybe uh so i'm into that that's <laughs> well that about wraps things up for us here today on this week's episode of the mind sculptors thank you for tuning in if you liked this episode or any of our other episodes please make sure to rate the show on whatever podcast platform you are listening on Or if you are watching or listening on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and tell us down in the comments what your favorite part of the show was or just your general thoughts. I would also like to thank our top tier patrons, Justin, Adam Hamden, David Sneevely, Dionichis, Jason Bialik, Josh Stein, Matt Boehner, and Senior Coupon. 
If you too would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors or check out the link in the description. Thank you again for joining us and from all of us here at the mind sculptors. I'm Callahan and we'll see you next time.